Developing an SRE practice is no small feat, but it's an even bigger job when you're responsible for it at a $100 billion organization handling over 1.5 million travel bookings a day. This is an interview episode of the SRE Path podcast. Samuel Etonon and Johan Fouquet are SRE managers at Booking.com. They will join me to share their learnings from driving SRE within their organization. Could both of you tell me about your individual roles in ensuring the success of SRE at Booking.com, Johan? Thanks for having me, Ash. I'm a senior manager, so I manage SRE team through their own managers. And I'm also the SRE craft a little. It's more of a collaborative work, I would say. But this is part of the work, which is to make sure that every SRE is at booking the same expectation, the same goals, the same work, that our hiring practice keep the same. So basically defining SREs and keeping it the same. And how about you, Samuele? Thanks for having us here. And hi, everyone. My name is Samuele Tonong. I'm an SRE engineering manager at Booking.com. Me and the team work in the big data and machine learning department. And of course, we help improving the reliability of our service that uh, help manage the big data in Booking and of course, also the machine learning platform. The team is composed of eight people, soon nine, and I manage them directly. Could you please tell me a bit about how you started off as an SRE? I officially got a SRE-like title around 2017. At that time, I was not yet working uh, at Booking. I was able to convince my manager to adopt SRE best practice and change the name of our CISAT mid operations team to platform liability. The idea was that uh, we wanted to reflect that and send a message to the rest of the department that we were going to take a different approach. Before that, I was preaching SRE principle with no official SRE title. Most of my career, I have been a freelance providing consultancy on infrastructure and delivering basic sysadmin skills for small and medium enterprise. SRE always felt as a natural evolution and gave me a proper framework to justify why some decisions are better than others. The main example being the error budget framework as a way to proper balance between change and run. And how about you, Johan? Basically, I started a while ago, so I did my PhD in networking, trying to find routes which were optimal. And this is where I got interested with the infrastructure aspect of the work. I didn't focus much on that before, but this is where I started and then I kept going with that. So I worked with more DevOps role at some point, working on the developer experience, so building pipelines, having release cycles which were good and reliable. Then I moved into another company working on traffic management, working on observability. As a software engineer this time, so trying to implement SDK, trying to make all this system works. So Prometheus and everything were not a thing at that time, so we had to build our own stuff. It was quite interesting. And then I joined Booking in 2018 and started as an SRE, working on some of our core reservation components. And now I'm a senior manager here at Booking, so I'm working with four different teams each with a different scope at Booking, working in chaos testing, working in maintaining some of still very critical roles, working with our cloud platform, all these kind of things. So this is me today in a nutshell. That's great to hear that you started off as an SRE and you worked your way up to being an SRE manager and looking after new SREs and helping them succeed in their roles. Are both of you on the same team? You are not? No. But you collaborate closely? We do collaborate in keeping the SRE teams together. We do collaborate when we have the same challenges to face, but we are in two different departments entirely. 
So what does your team look like right now for each of you? Let's start off with Johan. I manage a track of four teams now. So we do have teams which are acting as a central SRE teams, basically. One of the team is working on the Chaos platform. So the best way to prevent outage is to create small outage every single day and make sure that it's not a problem. That's what Netflix shared many years ago, and that's what we're doing. Another team is focusing on AWS. We have a lot of services which are migrating to the AWS platform and making sure that they have all the reliability toolings and processes and standards. It's something that this team is building. So again, getting close to the embedded SRE teams to know, hey, that's your need, getting close to the product teams to compare the needs and work on that. And the two other teams are what you would call embedded SREs. So they work closely with product teams. When it comes to our reservation system or identity systems, those are developing automation for their service to help the product teams. It could be capacity tests, it could be failing over, it could be managing incidents, it could be deploying these new data stores that they need and they are struggling with, like these kind of things and making sure that once it's done, it works for them, but also for the entire company. Like that's our mandate basically from central teams. I have a single team of eight people. Each one of them is embedded in a team that is part of the big data department. We do have a central team, but that is used mostly for alignment between each other. And 80% of their time, they are embedded. The central team is mostly used to align and synchronize between each other. But for the rest of the week, 80% of their time, they do work specifically on the product, on the team that, where they are embedded. We do work on big data. And so some of the challenges that data reliability engineers have, we are facing as well. That's interesting. So how do you manage the ongoing performance of the individuals in these teams? It's done mostly via weekly one-on-one and continuous feedback, both positive and negative. In this way, it's easier to improve and it all becomes a marathon uh, with moments where uh, we slow down or moments where we increase the pace. We do have several levels of seniority in the team. So there are people that are more junior, others that are more senior. In general, I do like to encourage people to be as much autonomous and independent as possible. That means that they try to do things themselves as much as possible. And of course, in case of doubt, I'm there to help out. And the rest of the team is also there to help out. How about you, Johan? How do you manage the performance of your individual contributors? Yeah, this is where it's slightly different because a big part of my job is to actually make sure that we can manage performance for all the SREs at Booking. And so we had to deal with one challenge, which is what happens in every single SRE conference I've been to, which is that we had to define SREs. And actually, this is what took us quite some time to say, okay, that's SRE for this team, that's SRE for this team, and trying to come with a single definition of like, this is SREs, creating a framework for everyone to know where they stand. And then we had to roll that out. It was terrible for people because now they have a clear view of what is SREs for each level. So we have some very junior people which are SREs and they are very high potential. And we have some very senior people in the other end. And everyone has to know what's their expectation for each level of SREs. This is basically how we do it. I don't manage SREs directly anymore. So it's a different answer from someone. Defining SREs really helped because it helped them check how they can grow. What I need to learn to be better at my job that's what I need to learn to go to the next level. That's what I need to learn if I'm a software engineer and want to go to SRE. So this really helped our people and make sure that they met the expectation of their job and that they can really grow in the company. 
So can you tell me a bit about the history of SRE at Booking.com? Actually, SRE is not that old yeah. at Booking.com, and that may explain why the SREs of 2018 are now managing the teams. Basically, before 2017, we didn't have SREs at Booking. We had more traditional system administrators. Booking was mostly made out of a few monolithic applications running on thousands of servers at that time, but still very monolithic. So we had a lot of people managing servers, but we didn't have yet a need for SREs. The need for SRE came later when we tried to decompose this monolith into microservices. And this is where automation started to be needed. This is where standards had to be built. This is where we need to help the developers more and more. So in 2017, this is where we started. We had like 20, 30 SREs at that time only. We had to start from nothing. So we did what everyone says not to do. We started from the book, literally. So we tried to apply all the SRE best practices from Google. We implemented SLOs and frameworks. We implemented safe alerting. We implemented a good observability stack. And then over the years, we grew and grew. Today, we have close to 200 SREs at Booking. When I say Booking, I mean Booking.com. We have different kind of teams. We have some SREs which are very infrastructure related. So they own pieces of infrastructure. You can think traffic management, you can think load balancer, observability platform, or, or data stores. Then you have SREs which are playing some roles, so building automation, but for the entirety of Booking.com developers. When we started growing, we started to have more and more embedded SREs. So when we got more SREs, we could get closer and closer to the product team. So now we have this good balance. We have some SRE teams which are working centrally to build things for everyone. And then we have some embedded SRE teams which have the business knowledge, a close feedback loop with our developers to know what they need, to know where we should focus. So this is basically where Booking is today. We come from no SRE six, seven years ago to a few of them. And now we've made a lot of progress on that side and we are pretty good with where we are at the moment. Interesting you mentioned that. The funny thing is that you're still quite pioneering in terms of SRE because a lot of organizations are still figuring out how to do a cloud transformation, let alone figuring out how to do SRE. The one thing that came up in what you mentioned was that initially when you started off, you tried to clone Google's model of SRE from the book, which now it seems more and more now that even people who worked at Google, ex-Googlers like Niall Murphy are saying that could be an anti-pattern. What would you say in your opinions, so let's start off with Johan, is the biggest anti-pattern that you personally see in the broader field of SRE? The biggest anti-pattern I've seen is a deviance in the embedded model. So when we started with the central SRE teams, we were building automation for everyone, quite simple. And then when we started embedding our SREs, there is a fine line between still doing the SRE work as supporting people and by doing it instead of people. And it's this fine line which is hard to manage. So a lot of SREs today are so-called embedded, but actually they're doing the work instead of the product teams. And this is one thing which I think is one of the main challenges to maintain this distance from the product team. Just to give you a few examples, if the SRE team is actually doing the deployment of new features, if the SRE team is managing infrastructure, if the SRE teams are taking care of security patching and all that stuff for you, then what happens is that you don't scale anymore because you keep doing things for the product teams instead of building automation to make it for everyone. And this is what I've seen. So we actually saw a lot of benefits by taking a few steps away from the product teams to give them more and more autonomy, basically. And then we see that they are more careful when they do changes because then they will take care of that by having SREs in second line of incident response, for example, instead of first line. 
we also gain a lot of responsibility and accountability in the product teams. All these things, like just taking away a bit from the products, still helping them, but not too close is what I see as a good thing. Being too close is the anti-pattern, I would say. That's interesting. I've never actually heard it like that. So it's interesting to hear that perspective. And it is an important perspective because, yes, at the same time, SREs need to remember that they're SREs and not part of the product team. Samuel, any thoughts on what your anti-pattern would be for SRE? It's not something specific to Booking.com, but something that comes from my personal experience. And it's not a big acting pattern per se, but um, the implications are huge. And that is the blameless culture and the effects on responsibility and accountability. Being blameless means that we focus on the issue and what happened, not who did it. Because we want to look at the error and prevent it from happening again and not remove the human. We as humans are expected to make mistakes. Uh, that is actually our best way to learn. So we want to remove the responsibility of the error, but we also want to keep the accountability of the follow-up actions that needs to be done to prevent the same error from happening again. Follow-up actions will still be executed under one team or another, but they will be assigned to the one that can best execute them, not as a punishment. I want to pick into that a little bit for a second. I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, Samuel. So Netflix has this philosophy of blameless culture. You're not going to fire the person for a genuine mistake, but then they actually make the person aware that they have made a mistake and that they need to think and reflect on that. Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, I like it. It's a way to increase the awareness uh, in the person, but also in the rest of the team. The important part here is, again, that we are not uh, uh, putting the responsibility over a single individual. We are focusing on what happened. Yes, we let the individual know that it was his mistake, but we don't focus on the fact it was his mistake, but we focus on the fact it's a mistake and it's a learning lesson. And through that one, lots of follow-up uh, uh, actions can come out, uh, uh, not only from that single person, but from the rest of the team. And we want to remove uh, the pressure. The peer pressure comes from society. Society does not allow mistakes always uh, being first time right and so on. We want to remove that aspect. Uh, that aspect sometimes also creates insecurity in people. We want to remove that one. We want to make them feel safe. And this is not something that applies only to incidents, but can apply also to um, management in general. You create a safe environment. You don't focus on the mistakes, but you call them learning lesson. And then people can feel safe inside. So they will spend their time actually to try to improve and they will be transparent instead of uh, spending their time on trying to evade questions or spending their time on covering their mistakes because otherwise someone will fire them. So I like talking about how people can personally reflect on certain things that have happened in their work settings. In particular, I want to know more about how you've experienced things in your SRE lives. What are some of the challenges you faced as you've been working in this relatively new role for people? So I want to break it down into two areas. Let's start off with the organizational side of what kind of challenges you faced working with teams, with management, and then the technical challenges. So let's start off with Samuel this time, and we can go into some of the organizational challenges you faced as you entered your role in SRE. Maybe the most common one is indeed having an SRE team or 
SRE that are embedded in teams and other teams are treating them either as a shield to protect development from production issues that sometimes leads to the old uh, silos situation on the opposite side of the spectrum. And that is especially true for the SRE embedded into a team. He becomes more like a software developer. So he's being treated as a software developer. He needs to produce code, which is not really related to reliability. I'd like to connect to what Johan said before. You need to realize that this is an issue and you need to take a step back. You need to keep more holistic view of what is happening in the product because you're not a developer in the team. On the same side, of course, we need to fully embrace DevOps, which means development and operation are responsibility of the whole team. So in the team, there might be someone who has more understanding on incident management, but that's not an excuse to have the whole incident management on him and him or her alone. That makes so much sense. So what are some of the technical challenges you faced? At the same um, time, this is a bit more tricky, isn't it? Like It's hard to yeah. think about the little things. It's indeed a bit tricky. There are some technical challenges that we have faced. Maybe I can tell you later. I think one of the most interesting one was not really technical per se, but was more like thinking outside the box, which is also really important. So we had an interesting situation in AWS. The system that we were looking into was working properly. All monitoring was fine. Alerting was fine, everything on the dashboard, everything is green, all good. And then we get a call from AWS stating that this application is creating multiple versions of the same object. A lot of multiple versions, like million, a lot. This was not making the application slower. This was not affecting the uptime of the application, not the business, but it would have impacted us from a financial point of view. So, of course, we started working on that one as an incident. We start looking on the issue. We solved the issue. And then one of the follow-up was that indeed the monitoring coverage from a system and a business point of view was good, but we were lacking monitoring coverage from the financial point of view. That's how we discovered the FinOps best practice and we started applying them. Someone might say that it's now Biz DevOps <laughs> or something like that. But it was quite interesting because it forced us to start thinking from a different point of view. Even if the application is running and behaving properly for our customers, we still want to try to avoid things that might create a financial impact. Well, I really like that example that you gave. So, Johan, Samuel has just made it easy for you. He's given you a framework on how to answer those two things. How did you handle organizational challenges in your personal journey as an SRE? and the technical challenges. So let's start off with the organizational challenges. For me, the main challenge, I would say, organizational-wise, is keeping SREs together. So we basically build standards and automation, and each team is doing that. But then when we started growing and growing, and we started having SREs in different departments, then SREs even embedded, knowing which automation exists, what you could reuse, sharing knowledge, all this became actually quite a challenge. Even just keeping the same standard of what is necessary for us became quite of a challenge. So I would say this was the main challenge and it's still not resolved. We're working on it all the time, but it's not that easy to fix. The idea is that the more we grow, the more we want to have the same standards, have the same automation, but then we have different challenges. For example, Samuel is more in the data space. They have very, very specific challenge. We have some people which are working very 
compliance type of roles. Every role is different. Keeping the same standards is one of the main challenges. So we're working through meetups where we bring all the SREs of a company together. Some people will be in the US, in China, or in Europe. Bringing that together is a challenge. We have this through trying to have a common toolbox, but you're just speaking the same language is a challenge. Like SRE-wise, I mean. I would say that's a challenge in most organizations to get people working in disparate offices, in particular in different geographies and different divisions, but they had the same role to come together and actually share a common understanding of their particular role. Because there are a lot of things you can share rather than reinventing the wheel. That is interesting that you are working to bring all that together and build that common understanding and build that common framework for SRE and the toolbox to make things happen. So with regard to the toolbox, any particular technical challenges that you decided to throw into that toolbox? We do have things we did well. I would say we've learned well. So handling stateless services, for example, now, after years of doing SREs, we do it well. So doing capacity testing, making sure that our service can under the load, doing traffic anomaly protection, doing patching, all those kind of things starts to add in our toolbox, like alerting all these things. So if you have a stateless service today, it's quite easy. The toolbox is there. We always bring a few more features here and there all the time. What is not in the toolbox where we actually still have a lot of challenges is when it comes to data. Everything is documented for us. If you have an HTTP service with a database somewhere. But when it comes to doing data reliability, making sure that your data is correct, making sure that everything is there, making sure that you don't miss anything, that nothing is corrupted, this is where we are actually having a lot of work. So when I have an outage because something is done, like everything is on the ground, yeah, okay, it's bad, but we know how to fix it quickly. Obviously, we always fix the issue in the end. The data forecast and partners is safe, but it often requires long manual work. Uh, this is what we as a SRE try to automate continuously. I can completely back you on that. I've been talking with the people who handle data reliability at a few organizations, and that's what they're saying, that it's almost a field of its own. They started off as SREs, they work with data meshes, data fabrics, and they feel like now they're data reliability engineers, they're specialists in that particular area. And it's interesting to hear that is one of the challenges for a very well-known organization. And I'm sure every organization's facing this challenge, not just booking.com. So being able to work on the reliability aspect of your data, being able to make it available, reliable, uncorrupted, that's a huge area to be working on for a lot of SREs. So that actually segs on to the next thing I want to talk about, which is how do you manage an SRE team to develop its abilities? What advice would you give? Because both of you are at a management level in SRE. What advice, Johan, first of all, would you give to new SRE managers who are now just starting to run a team and they've got all these huge challenges that they didn't even know about before? Actually, to use exactly your question, I would say don't focus too much on these huge challenges you didn't know before. Like what I've seen a lot of managers do is focus a lot on the day-to-day, on, oh, I have this challenge here, I have this challenge here, I have this problem here. And SRE nature is very day-to-day. You learn from new incidents, from new outage, from new needs from the product team. You keep a very active workload. What I would advise a new manager is keep a bit reactive, like SREs cannot move without the reactive part, clearly, but make sure to have an objective, like very clear KPIs for the team, making sure to have some clear long-term investment. If you have a very strong focus on what happened yesterday, 
then you will start losing motivation of your team. It's a challenge we keep seeing. It's very important for each team to have that. So we encourage every team on our side to have clear KPI. Okay, what's your objective? Is it to decrease instant, decrease impact? And then being able to show the progress to the team month after month and feel like this is very useful. We have a team that is extending the chaos platform these days. So making clear, okay, you have this six month work on making chaos place on top of your day-to-day reactive stuff. It really helps keeping the team a bit more motivated. And to summarize, I would say manage the reactive, yes, but make sure the team has a clear long-term vision. It's very important. Very important, I'd say so as well. Samuel, any thoughts on that? I fully agree. Have a long-term vision for each member of the team. On top of that, also for those who need to manage team or SREs that are a lot into the front line and they are subjected to high amount of stress, always be there for them, always be there to help them out, to give them also some emotional support. It's needed. We are human. And try to plan for the unexpected. Try to keep a bit of free time because the unexpected, the unplannable, it's always there. And the more room you have to move, the more it's able to also plan the unplannable. The oxygen mask rule from the from the airplanes. In case an emergency occur, you need to put your oxygen mask first. And that's the same also for the managers. Remember also to help yourself first in case you are under lots of stress before thinking of helping the others. I love that analogy. I've never heard it put like that before. I'm definitely going to use that with a lot of managers I know who are dealing with a lot of stress to put on your oxygen mask first. And that's the only way you can really help others who are struggling with less oxygen yeah. in their working environments. That's, that's, I love that. I love that so much. We've been talking a lot about how we can do management in SRE, but let's say we've got people who are interested in getting into SRE for the first time as an individual contributor. And I'm sure you've met people who ask you this question quite often on LinkedIn. So what advice would you give to them about getting into SRE for the first time? Let's start off with Samuel. SRE to me is first of all a mindset. The same way IT security is, or if you prefer the old hacking culture, you think reliability. And then when you look to some code, you don't think about, well, is this code secure? Is this code reliable? Able to be resilient enough to recover from an issue. That's the first thing that I like to think about reliability, 100%, but don't overdo, of course. Then the other advice, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. When you start thinking about reliability, you must start facing issues that are coming, especially in a microservice architecture. You see code that is failing on multiple parts at the same time strange side effects, things that you never heard of. So it's okay to feel uncomfortable. You don't need to know everything. It's okay to ask for help from others, especially in the microservice architecture. It's hard to have a lone person able to come out of a problem alone. So go around, ask for help. You don't know, and it's okay. You don't need to know. I like that advice more than what most managers tell people, go learn more Linux or go learn more AWS architecture. So that's a great way to tell people how to actually integrate into a team that would eventually let them become an SRE. What are your thoughts on this, Johan? I totally agree with Samuel on that. I think as you mentioned, this T-shape knowledge for SREs quite a few times, this is exactly that. Like when we hire people, uh, 
They often have depth in knowledge in some aspect of infrastructure. Maybe they know traffic management very well. Maybe they know their database very well. Maybe a few things, but the breadth of knowledge of a company works or our system interacts, they cannot know it before joining. Some people try to know everything and they get this cognitive load, which starts to grow and grow and grow and grow. And it's just not sustainable. After some time, making clear that they will not know everything is a good thing. It's just fake. Get to know who to contact every time, and that should be enough. Take it step by step is the best advice here. This was an insightful conversation with Samuel Etonon and Johan Fouquet about their experiences in developing the SRE practice at Booking.com. I felt like I strengthened my view of the organizational and technical challenges of SRE, such as maintaining standards, automation, and data reliability. They also shared useful advice for SRE managers, new and experienced, about focusing on collaboration, building a blameless culture, and continuously improving the craft of SRE. That's all for this episode. If you enjoyed it, do subscribe on your favorite podcast app and give the podcast five stars. Your support is always appreciated.